Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. I'm quite nervous. I've been the speaker seeker for this meeting for a couple of years until Nancy took over. And now I'm sitting here myself. And um, at the same time, it's thrilling to see many of the previous speakers on this call and many people with a lot of sobriety. So that's also really, really great. Um, I'm also nervous because I've recently had some calamity in my life and there's still this shame in me that I shouldn't have any calamity in my life. Everything should be perfect now. So yesterday I was thinking, I'm going to cancel this call. This, this share. Uh, and then I thought, no, it's a good thing when I've shame to go through the shame. Yeah. Because if I listen to my shame, it's only going to increase, increase my shame, my disease and my isolation. Um, I would like to tell you today about the problem and the solution. The, the problem which I still have in my life today but also the, the, the solution and the problem that I still have today after 12 years sober in SA and more than double in AA. But the problem I still have today because the problem is me. I'm my problem and it's not just a cliche, but I'm really my problem. It's, it's my reacting to life still today, my still trying to be the center of my life, my still trying to control my life, my my character defects, my um, incapacity to live life on life's terms without working a daily program. I need to work a daily program because I'm incapable on myself to live life on life's terms. And with this program, I'm just able to do it. On my good days, I enjoy it. And on other days, it's it's still quite some work. Um, so I still have this problem today, sober or not sober. Well, well, sober today, I still, or sexually sober, I still have this problem with me. Let's do a short qualification. Um, why am I in Sexolics Anonymous? Why did I come in? Um, I got addicted to masturbation, which I did for for over 30 years, uh, daily, sometimes more than once a day. Uh, I lusted after all the women I could drink in and that I found attractive. Um, I had multiple girlfriends and cheated cheated on them. Um, I became addicted to pornography and that's became hardcore porn and illegal porn. Then I became addicted to prostitutes. And I probably, that became a real big thing on its, in itself. 
I probably spend over 35,000 35, euros on prostitutes alone. Um, and I'm not even speaking about the money that I didn't make. I didn't get my higher degree because of this addiction. Um, I lost a couple of jobs or I quit them. Um, I lost a couple of relationships which could have been good. Like one of the calamities that I'm going to tell you in a couple of minutes is that I got married five and a half years ago in sobriety. I was seven years sober then as a single person. And unfortunately, we got separated 10 months ago. Um, what can I say? So that's a short qualification, I think. Um, also short is that um, I also got sexually abused in my childhood. My father was an alcoholic and a rageaholic. I had also chronic depression. And um, yeah, I got a, I got a lot. I, I inherited a lot from that. Um, so the calamity in my life today, or the calamities in my life today, is I'm 12 years sober. But I got separated from my wife about 10 months ago. My father died about, uh, about six months ago. And two months later, we found two letters that he left us. And they were both entitled to my dear children and grandchildren. Now, I have four siblings. They're all married. And there's eight grandchildren. So... In the first letter, so it, it, both letters started, my dear children and grandchildren, but in the first letter, half down the letter, he specified each one of us by name. So he said the name of my brother and his wife, my other brother and his wife, and the others, and then all the grandchildren. He didn't, he hadn't mentioned my name. So in the letter that my father left to us, he hadn't mentioned my name, which which was a complete shock to me. It was like a pungent in my stomach. Um, I think I don't understand it that I, I will tell you in a second that, that I kept serene that night or that I went to sleep serene that night because this is impossible. This is a thing that I would act out over 10 times. And um, because it's such a delicate thing, such a, I mean, the, the, the not being loved by my father or not feeling loved. Um, another calamity that I that I have is I have a chronic depression, which at times becomes much worse. So it's like like an extra cross to live with. Um, now the solution. I'll get to the solution. Is I can share as I, I try to share as honestly as I can. It at my home group with other people, also with sponsees. Um, and I have to think about what Mike C., the old-timer from Chicago, often says, that he doesn't need to look good at meetings, but he can allow himself to look bad. So, or something like that, he says. It's not my job to look good. It's my job to look bad at meetings. And sometimes I think, sometimes I'm, I'm the longest sober in the meeting, and there's nobody else with more than, let's say, three months sobriety, and then it's so easy to not share honestly, yeah? 
but I still force myself most of the times to share honestly because that's my truth today. And that's where God can come in. And that's if I, when I do it, other people share also honestly. Yeah. And we, we can meet each other in a vulnerable way. So I, I, I really try to keep doing that. Um, I, Another solution is to keep doing the things which have been working for the last two for the last 12 years. Yeah. I remember in, in, in the beginning, in 2009, I went for three months to Nashville. And I did three meetings a day for 90 days in Nashville. I met Lee there several times in the morning meeting at 6:30. And I remember the people telling in the meetings: when you're in SA for about two months, you know everything there is to know. Yeah. It's not that after six months or one year or after five or ten years, there will be all of a sudden some esoteric knowledge yeah, or some special initiation or something like that. No, it's the same thing which have been working for the last 12 years, meetings, phone calls, step work, service, to keep doing those things today. That's part of the, of the solution. It keeps being the solution. Um, especially now face-to-face meetings for me. I've been doing, like most of us, I guess, a lot of Zoom meetings the last two years uh, because of Corona. And especially when I was living in, in, in Barcelona, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't learn to speak Spanish well and I couldn't really follow in the Spanish meetings. Um, so, but now here in Belgium again, I'm originally from Belgium, I moved back to Belgium. I'm doing face-to-face meetings again in my own language, and I really enjoy it. I, it's part of my solution today. Also, the, the after-meeting socializing, going for a drink together, going for a lunch together. I'm always available. I, I tell the people the whole time, uh, let's, let's go for lunch afterwards or let's go for a drink. Uh, and service. Service is a thing that I started doing even when I was in Nashville. Uh, I, I, I send a message, uh, like a short email each day to the guys in Belgium telling them what I'd heard at the meetings or anything I'd, I'd learned. So I was trying to pass it on. And for me, service has been and is a lifesaver. Without service, I wouldn't be sober today, but I wouldn't be joyful today either. Often I'm overwhelmed with service load and life kicking in and work, but um, it's my it's one of my biggest joys in life. Also, still following my sponsor's suggestion, yeah, as if my life depends on it. And it, it really depends on it. Um, I'm not doing it 100% each time, but I think I do it 95%. Sometimes I, I drop a suggestion, especially my sponsor is American, when I think, well, this doesn't make really sense in the European context or in the Belgian context. Yeah. Um, some things are different. Um, but then I share it with a trustworthy member from over here, and then I, I still discuss it and I see what I have to do. But most of the time, I, I, or 95% of the time, I, I, keep, I, I follow my sponsor's suggestions. Um, A solution today is also, and and keeps being, seeking God's will, Um, which also means going very slow. 
In the past, I would be very impulsive. I remember in the past, for instance, I would decide to go to, let's say, India. And the next day, I was already on the plane to India. Yeah. Very impulsive. Today, I go very slowly. My wife and I, we have, it was, we have discerned for probably over a year yeah, about the separation. And then the last months before the separation more intensely. But it was a very slow decision. And now also, I'm doing it very slow to discern things. And it's completely contrary to my, to my default setting. Because my default setting is to do something and to think afterwards. Or to do something and afterwards, make, afterwards apologize. Or afterwards ask advice from others. Um, another way that I try to do, that I try to seek my higher power soul is by two-way prayer. Two-way prayer is a technique that was practiced in the, in the Oxford groups, out of which the early AA groups sprouted. And um, it's a technique to try to, to write in a dialogue form with my higher power. I never know whether it's my ego yeah, or my higher power talking, but if it's important, I do discuss the outcome with trustworthy persons of my, or my sponsor. Um, and another way is to see God's will is to keep talking with trustworthy and sober members. Um, Another solution for me today is seeking and accepting outside help. Yeah. If I would have a broken leg, I need to go to a doctor. Yeah. Uh, also today, I need medical support. I, I recently started thinking I might have ADD. It's because at, at my work, I'm at my current work, I see files of children who have a lot of them, they have um, disorders, yeah? And some of them have ADD, so I started, or ADHD. So I started reading those files and, and I was thinking, Jesus, this is me when I was young, yeah? This not being able to focus, this not being able to sit still, uh, sometimes rage attacks, temper, temper tantrums, and all that stuff. And... Um, not being able to focus on things when I'm not passionate about them. And I still have those. Um, and so I wanted to seek medical help for that. Now, it's not easy in my country, I don't know, in the States, but it's very difficult here to, it's a very long process to, to be screened for that, to be tested, and to, to see if, there is medic, if, they, if I can get medical help for that. Uh, I also recently uh, went again into therapy. The, the, I did therapy before I got into SA. Now, it didn't really work then because it was like trying to dry the floor while the taps, the water taps is, is right open the whole time. Uh, so I started doing therapy again now. Um, I also am doing positive affirmations again, which I did a little bit 20 years ago. And now when I'm, when I'm doing it again in the mirror and telling myself, Luke, I love you, um, I can see that I do it in a different way than 20 years ago. And I don't know if all of this, what I'm telling you makes sense, if there is any line in it. I hope there is some line in it. Um, I recently 
so that the real core that I'm seemingly reaching at the moment is that I'm hitting my self-hatred. Yeah. And it's like, I'm now getting to this breaking point towards self-love, positive self-love or self-hatred. Yeah. Really start working consciously, making efforts daily in self-love. Yeah. Like these positive self-affirmations in the mirror, when I do them now, I only started it since a week again, but I also bought a book on it that I want to read again, a book that I read 20 years ago, to really, because I see now that I'm doing it in a different way than 20 years ago. I can, I can look in my eyes now, I can smile. I could even tell myself, I always had, uh, I always had, how you say that, an obsession that my teeth are not white. Now I could look in the mirror and tell, my, tell, my, tell myself, Luke, I love your smile and I love your teeth. And I could really look at myself and smile at the same time. And it was really, it, it, it warmed myself. Um, also about my father on whose goodbye letter, my name wasn't mentioned, practicing the solution by sharing it with other members. First of all, I got a lot of shame. I got a lot of rage. Now I was able to not act it out on my siblings who were sitting together with my four siblings and my mother. But instead, I 10 minutes later, I went out of the, of the house and I went back to my place and I started calling members immediately. Yeah, and I started calling members, I don't know, two, three members, one after another, sharing it. And my, my shock, my anger level started decreasing and my serenity, when I got to bed a couple of hours later, I was quite serene. And the next days also, but I kept calling members about it. And I mean, it's an impossible thing. I should be, according to my default setting, I should be completely resentful, completely rageful to my, towards my father. I've always felt ignored by my father. He, I was terrorized by him. And now I wasn't on that letter, but, but also by sharing it, but also by, by keeping praying for him and by writing a couple of 10-step inventories, I started seeing that, first of all, I partly caused it because, because I was a terrible son. I was deceitful. I manipulated him. I cheated on him. I lied. I falsified. A, I made a false degree when I was doing higher studies. Yeah, Stuff like that. So not small lies, but really big stuff also. And... I raged at him, I hurled at him, I stood before him multiple times with my fists. I raged at him hundreds of times. This happened before I was 25, but it really broke things. I, I made formal amends with him uh, about 12 years ago and he accepted them. And we, we, we got a better relationship, but it, I mean, it was so broken in childhood that it never was like really healed relationship. Still, I was complete. I, I hadn't seen it coming that my name wouldn't be on that letter. But so being able to see that I partly caused it, being able to see that my father is a very, was a very ill person, a very sick person, and not a bad person. Also being able to uh, zoom out and to see that my earthly life, seen in eternity, is my early, earthly life is just 
um, a part of it. My earthly father was only a part of it also. My real life is, is has a bigger picture. Yeah. So it helped me to, to how to say this, to get the sting out of the of the possible resentment and to not feel do not let it fester. Uh, also about my wife, um, I keep praying for her, and I give her full freedom to find out what she to, to find out what she really wants. Last week I wasn't going to tell this, but last week my wife had a Zoom call. My wife and I had a Zoom call, and she told me she wants to divorce. And um, I I had seen that coming. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. I had seen that coming, but still when I heard it, it still felt like very painful and like a shock. But I keep praying for her. I keep sharing it with members. I keep uh, using my sponsor, my sponsor's listening ear and suggestions for it. Um, I wrote, I, 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 I write an inventory when, when resentment or fear comes up um so it does help i'm i'm i feel pain about it but i'm not i'm not resentful or i'm not i feel pain at her and and anger wants to kick in but i can surrender it and not give it food not nourish it um what can i say Yeah. Also, rem for today, reminding myself that I'm, in, that I'm in the early years of my recovery. And I mean that. And also that recovery is never finished. Yeah, it's a one day at a time thing. Um, maybe also that recovery, recovery, I guess, is living life with whatever comes up on the inside, be it depression getting higher again, or shame coming up, or fear coming up or low self-esteem coming up again all of a sudden, but also things that come on the outside, like this thing with my father or my wife formally asking for a divorce now and she's contacted the lawyer. Um, how to say this? And I come back to what I said in the beginning. By default, I'm not able to live life on life's terms without getting very angry, without getting enraged, without acting out, without getting paralyzed by fear but by by practicing this program i'm able to do that um i'm able to even when i feel fears or or anger coming up not being paralyzed by it not being overtaken by it and that's an amazing thing so for for today i can see that the solution there was a guy in nashville bill s he sometimes said something like, um, what did he say? This is a program of, this is a way of life that works. Yeah. And I can see this is a way of life that works. I also need to keep my nose really in the day. Yeah. If I go out of the day, if I think too many days ahead or a week ahead or a month ahead, I freak out immediately. Yeah. It's true what they say that when I'm in my mind, I'm behind enemy lines. Yeah. My mind is like a broken television. Yeah. The channels are broken. So when I when I dare to look at it, 
immediately it, it switches channels and then it's the fear channel or the resentment channel or the lust channel. So I better keep away from the television. Um, to end, the positives are that I, I, I can see that my faith, however small it is, that it is growing, that I have a growing faith and a growing trust in a loving higher power. I start trusting him a little bit by little bit. Um, another positive that I can see today is my sponsor tells me that I'm reacting differently than two years or five years ago. He said you would have reacted completely different five, two years ago even to the thing with your father or the thing with your wife. Um, I'm still sober today, which is impossible, which is the impossible being possible today. Uh, for me also, and I'm, I'm wrapping it up now, SA is really being more and more the substitute. The big book says it, that the fellowship is a substitute for the addiction. And it's really like that. Um, another positive is, as I said, I'm not resenting my father, which is, which is incredible. And, and the last thing that I will say is, last week I was feeling, I was feeling really depressed and, and really unhappy also. And at a certain moment, amidst of the depression and dark gloom in my head, and amidst the, the, the darkness, yeah, I could sense somewhere at a certain moment, I sensed inside myself like a tiny flame, like a pilot light, yeah? a little flame of serenity or like a little, like a vague presence with a, a big, with a capital P in me, a presence of serenity. And I've been, my whole life, I've been looking to, whenever I hear the phrase, the peace that passes to all understanding, it's something that I would really like to get in my life. And somewhere deep down inside there, I sensed it vaguely that it is there. I, I had a, how you say that? I had a glimpse of it. So that's enough to, uh, to keep me going for another couple of 24 hours, I hope. Thank you for letting me share. And um, I'm looking forward to anything you share. Thank you. Hi, Luke. Thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate it. Um, and a number of people have been asking me, when is Luke going to share? Um, I also, I didn't know you before the Madrid International. But we met then and we had quite a bit of interaction then. And then over time, since COVID, um, it's amazing to see changes. It really is. I remember um, when you shared it in a group with your father. And that's amazing. Can you talk a little more uh, about two-way prayer? I've heard a bunch of people mention that. And I've, I don't know uh, much about it. That's my question. Thank you, Nancy. And um, I would also like to say it's nice to see Nancy and Buddy. I see you both together on my screen. And uh, I both know you since the Madrid International Convention in 2019. And also that the other old timers on the call here, like Margot and Hans and Judson and Lee, 
one way or not, it has been quite a while since I was on this meeting, but I've seen you often on this meeting and you've been, you've become like some kind of friends also. So it's, it's nice to see you today. Um, about a two-way prayer. Yeah. I wish I would do it daily. I don't do it daily. I do it about three, four times a week. What I do is, I, I guess there are different ways of doing it. And I guess I adapted maybe my own, my own way or something. I'm starting to write each time, dear, and then the name of my higher power. This is Luke again. Um, and then I give a couple of thanks. I thank you for the new day, for my sobriety, for whatever, the nice food I had at noon, some stuff like that. And then I ask a specific question if I have one. Most of the times I, I have a specific question. I have a thousand questions. Or I just ask, what is your will for me today? Your will not mine be done, which is the 10-step prayer. Oh, no, how can I best serve thee today? Not die, but my, not mine, but I will be done. And then I start writing as if it's God's, God responding. So he says, hi, Luke. I'm so grateful again. I'm so glad every time you write with me. And then he draws a couple of hearts and a smiley. So it's quite, how you call it, quite mellow. Yeah. We are like exchanging some hearts and some smileys and stuff like that. And sometimes, uh, no, often it's amazing what comes out of it. It's always nourishing to for me what comes out of it. Sometimes there is like some guidance, but when there is guidance, I, I do check it with somebody else if it's something important, not if it's just something like, shall I buy this or this or whatever, but if it's something important, yeah, then like, should I go to the States for the next international convention or something like that? Yeah. I would double check it with my sponsor then because it's a costly affair, etc. cetera. Um, so I, I hope that's an answer. But especially it's it's a mellow thing between us and it's like a nice thing and it's developing my my conscious contact with him. Thank you. Thank you. I love especially the hearts and the little smileys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Nancy Luke. Um, Buddy's next. Hey, I'm Buddy. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Thank you so much, Luke. I, I really wanted to, to be able to get to this meeting today. I laughed when you mentioned about being self-conscious of your teeth. I have to leave early because mm -hmm. I got to go to my dentist because some of my implants broke off. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I know what you were saying. I also strongly identify with, with the depression. Um, and, and with the issues with your dad, I started, my dad drank himself to death when he was 60 and he abused me terribly in the, the whole thing. Um, I started writing him letters, um, and I would go to the cemetery and, and read him the letters. Um, and it, it took me about 15 years to finally forgive him, um, and to find peace. Um, th that's my one-minute warning, I see. So I just really want to hear you. We do identify so much together. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. CA, you're next on the list. 
CA recovering sexaholic. Uh, really grateful for the share, Luke. Um, really identify with uh, the the issues with uh, your father in many ways. Uh, had had a lot of issues with my dad, and uh, also uh, I'm I'm also currently uh, separated for the last. It's been off and on for about eight months. So the uh, everything in regards to that, I definitely resonate with. I appreciate your your um, your share. I also was wondering. You talked about paralyzing fear. Oftentimes, I still feel that uh, paralyzing fear, and I was wondering if you had any insight that you can share uh, through your recovery that gave you some resilience through that uh, paralyzing fears. Um, I would appreciate that. Thank you. Mm, thank you, CA. Thank you for... Um, also, thank you for giving back what you're going through at the moment. It always helps to know that I'm not alone. Yeah. In Nashville... Well, I come always back to Nashville. They, they used to say, we're just a garden variety sexaholic. Yeah. I, I wasn't unique in my sexualism, and I'm not in, unique in my recovery either. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I forgot the question now. Can you say it again, CA? Yeah, uh, not a problem. Uh, as far as paralyzing fear, oh, yeah. you mentioned that, uh, that yes. you've found some resilience with that. And I was just wondering if you could share some insight uh, with that. Yeah. It's still a tough thing, to be honest. I, I remember that my sponsor once said, he said, you and I, he said, are people not only with a pathologically high level of lust, but also with a pathologically high level of fear, a pathologically high level of resentment, a pathologically high level of hostility, and all that stuff. And I really have that. I still have a pathologically high level of lust, I, I I can move through the world now because of this program uh, without most of the days without being influenced by it. Um, but I still have also this pathologically high level of fear, uh, which is probably higher also than my lust. Probably more basic than my lust. I'm not going to say something which is completely outside issue also. I, and it's just a model. Yeah? You don't have to believe in it or not. I don't even know myself if I believe in it. But in, in the Indian system, there is something like the chakras. Yeah? You have seven chakras, they say. The first chakra is not a sex chakra. The first one is a survival chakra. And if the first chakra is distorted or damaged, it gives a lot of fear with everything what has to do with financial things, economic things, work-related things, housing-related things. There's a lot of fear connected to it. And it's especially with people, well, I'll bring it back to me now. I think that that, call it the first chakra or call it whatever you want to call it in psychological terms or, or whatever, um, that that part of me got so much damaged because of feeling so unsafe as a little baby, as a little child, always unsafe, always terrorized by my in, insane father, um, that I, I still have a very high level of fear. Now, today, most of the time, 
really most of the time, let's say more than 95% of the time CA, it's not paralyzing anymore. Although the, the, the fear level can be very high, but first of all, by not acting, when I was still acting out, it would amplify everything tenfold or a hundredfold. Yeah? The fear would get 10 times higher. The resentment would get a hundred times uh, louder. So that's one thing, staying sober. Um, and then talking about my fears. I have two check-in partners daily, one guy in the morning, one guy in the evening. I share them my biggest lust of the last 24 hours. And then the top plate, whether it's big fear or big resentment or big whatever stuff going on, I share it with them. I do that twice a day. So it helps me to keep, to keep bringing things outside, to, to keep them into the light. If necessary, to write a, a fear inventory on it, which I'm not doing daily, writing inventories. But if necessary, I do it a couple of times a week. Um, and then, to be honest, sometimes I lose the battle also. And then I just isolate. And then it's compulsive movie night. Yeah. Then I can watch two movies, one after another. And then I, then I get, then it's hard to be mild with myself and not be hard with myself that I, that I lost time, that I went to bed, that I have to go to bed at 12.30 at night or at one at night. And then that the next morning, my head is still full with that crap and not being able to pray very well, meditate very well, and then get myself through the day. Um, but then the strategy then is to be mild with myself, even when my default setting is being hard with myself. Yeah. And go through that day again, and, and that too shall pass. I hope that answer helps you. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, thanks Luke. Uh, if you have fewer than 30 days, go ahead and raise your virtual hand if you have a question or a share. And next up, we have Lee. Hey, hey, Luke. I didn't realize it had been that long since you'd been in Nashville, but I do remember it. Uh, my, my issue is that shame and self-hatred are almost equal. Uh, self-hatred is probably a little bit more intense expression of the same thing to me, telling me what a terrible person I am. And, uh, the big book, uh, in my reading, gives only one solution to that, and that is uh, working with another alcoholic. Uh, I, my favorite quote in the big book that I quote all the time uh, comes from page 124. It says, cling to the thought in God's hands. Your dark past is your greatest asset, raise protection you have the key to life and happiness for others. And with it, you can help them avert disaster. And so at all of those things that I tell myself I'm a terrible person about start to be transformed if I can look at it that way. So I've had a lot of uh, tendency to go for newcomers and sponsees. Uh, all right, got it. Uh, so uh, what... What is your uh, experience and your uh, uh, help 
uh, that you get from helping others. And so uh, just uh, just wondered how that uh, plays into your recovery. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lee. And uh, I'm really glad to see you. Um, I've, I'm going to give an anecdote of Lee, yeah, a quote of Lee. I've said it already in this meeting once, I think. Lee said, I heard, I, I, I was at a, at a morning meeting when Lee said, and Lee must have had then like 25 years under his belt. And he said, well, the one that is longer sober today is the one who, who woke earliest today. And I've, I thought it was funny, but at the same time, I had like a negative attitude. And I thought, well, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, you have 25 years. Yeah, I'm struggling here with my two weeks and a half or something. Today, I see it's true. Yeah, it's only one day at a time. And, um, and sometimes when I just said when I'm uh, in a compulsive movie night, then it's very difficult to get early out, out of bed that morning. Yeah, and then I'm certainly not the longest sober that day. Um, now, working with others, I would say the package of SA is going to meetings, so participating in the fellowship, socializing, going to meetings, listening at meetings, sharing at meetings, working with a sponsor, working the steps, working with sponsees, doing service. Um, for me, also going to big events like workshops and conventions. And I wouldn't be sober without each one of them. I, I need each one of them. I see, for instance, the last two years, I didn't do any big conventions anymore. A month ago, I went to a, a weekend in Amsterdam, a recovery weekend, and I saw how, how it boosted me. Yeah, so I, I, I want to take up events again. In, at the end of next week, I have another event in England, so that's really nice. Um, so working with others is one of them, and it's so important. I wouldn't be sober without them um, because, well, I might say some cliches now, but like you say, by seeing them, by hearing them directly and in, or, or consciously and unconsciously, it's helping me to look my, to perceive myself in a milder way. Yeah to decrease my self-loathing, my self-hatred, my shame. Uh, I can see honestly at them, like, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. Yeah. Or you can let go of that shame. Yeah. And I, I really mean it. So, and then I see it, it has a, it has a transformative effect on myself also. Um, also, I like the quote that you said about our darkest past yeah, is the biggest gift we have or our, our, our biggest possession that we have. And it's really true. I'm not, sometimes I hear people say, I'm a grateful sexaholic. I would say, I'm, a, I'm not grateful to be a sexaholic, but I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Yeah, and that makes all the difference. Today, I'm grateful to be a recovering sexaholic because it, uh, that gives a very rich thing to give and to help people with. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. You're welcome. Thank you, Luke. Okay, let's see. I'm looking in the chat here. Okay. 
Um, I don't see. Oh, yes, Brendan, your hand is up. Go ahead, Brendan. Thanks. Hey, yeah, thanks. Uh, and thanks, Luke. Uh, good to hear you. I, I didn't know you were coming on today. I didn't know I was coming on today, but uh, I'm in the right place at the right time. And it's good to hear you. And I was sitting there, I was listening, I was thinking, guys, you know, like, <laughs> I know you a while, but I didn't realize, like, sort of all that, the ADHD and all that kind of sort of stuff. And the, the, I'm sorry about, you know, the, the relationship issues and whatever, you know. I think, as you know, I've been going through a lot of that for a long time. And, uh, um, yeah, and, and, it, and you know, it, for me, you've asked me, like, if it, say, write something on the emotional sobriety. Um, so, you know, I always come out of it with this one. But it, it really was, you know, that, that, that thing, like, at sort of a certain period in time, it's like running the marathon. You know, we learn a lot early on in AA or in SA or whatever your program we're in, you know, and we, we learn a lot. But somewhere, like, in the marathon, you know, you hit the wall. And you hit the wall and you're just going like, what's wrong? I mean, I did all the training and here I am. And I sort of like, you know, bang. And I just feel, you know, what, you know, like, and I want to stop and I want to die and sort of this thing. And, and, you know, and I think that's the sort of thing that it was at that stage that I came to this thing about the emotional sobriety and that I was going to have to go through it, you know, and I couldn't understand because I thought, why doesn't she take therapy? Why doesn't she do this? Why doesn't she join that group? Why doesn't this happen? Or why blah, 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 you know? And I just had to come back to like a snow, it's, you know, and, 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 you know, my sponsor, my old sponsor. And he, he said to me, when I, when I said to him about, you know, the pain of talking to her, and he started saying, yeah, I said like, she's doing her job perfectly. <laughs> and I thought he's nuts. I said, yeah, she's going to one teach minute, you one minute. thing. Thanks. I said, that's how, that's only a half an Irish minute, but like sort of it's, but he says like, that's unconditional love. She's going to teach you unconditional love. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know if I can go for that. I don't know if I can make it. But I, I had to learn, or what I have learned, is that the challenges that I get, and I think I hear that in your story, is, you know, what's brought me to here and to be able to find the peace in those moments, you know, those certain moments, is having to, have, having to go and look for that real relationship with my higher power. You know, the God consciousness as opposed to belief. You know, it's something much bigger than belief. It's God consciousness. It's just God's there, yeah. Um, and it, it was a painful lesson, but I, you know, uh, I thank God we're on the same path, and there's so many evil people on the same path, and they're and they're here to share. I mean, that just makes it so good. Anyway, thanks for letting me share for that extra minute there. Thank you, Brendan. I I, I want to to react to something like, um, yes, I I said like at the moment I hit this thing like starting to work deeper on self-love, on, on uh, healthy self-love. But also what, what you just shared, Brendan, of, of really, how to say this, really working on God consciousness and not just intellectual faith or intellectual convictions, but really God consciousness, really a, a, a living relationship with my higher power. And I must say, in a way, the death of my father helped me a bit with it because, because first of all, I saw, I, I almost saw him die. I was in the hospital the two last days. He was in a coma and I was there with him and all that stuff. Um, but first of all, I saw that death, he taught me a very valuable lesson that even death passes. I was, I'm very, I was very afraid of death. I'm less afraid of death today. I'm still afraid. But I'm not like I'm not paralyzingly afraid anymore. 
Yeah, I'm not like like trembling anymore uh, because I saw him die and I saw it's possible. And if he can do it, I will be able to do it also. It's not something which is going to last eternally. It's not eternal suffering. It's a, it's a set time and then it's finished. A second thing, because of him dying, I, I, I got more the real father in, in the real father had more space now to to show up now that the eternal now that the earthly father uh, got out of the way so and the last thing that i want to share is but it's a tough thing for me really working on this god consciousness i don't have a lot of taste for it i do my my rituals in the morning i do my obligatory meditation and prayers but more than that it's very tough to really do something more yeah. Last week, for instance, I was hooked on a series about Hitler. Yeah. And I felt a lot of shame because I was looking at the series of Hitler and his intimate circle. And then I was thinking, why am I looking at this instead of spending conscious time, this time on my higher power and his intimate circle? Yeah. Instead of that, I'm, I'm looking at a guy who personifies more or less the opposite of my higher power. So... I'm still a work in progress. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan and Luke and Christina. Hi, Luke. Hi, everybody. Christina. Thank you for your share. <clears throat> I could say very much with which with I identify or but first of all, I want to say I'm really touched by your story of your father. And on the other hand, I know you, for me, you are, because I hear you always, and then you make service because you share, and this is service. And for me, you are one of my idols in SA to do service, to do service with fun also, <laughs> like the game, per, for example. <clears throat> and this is really a miracle to hear the story behind that, and it inspires me very much. And um, the most thing today is uh, for me to hear that you also told you are in a meeting and there are the sobriety of the other is mostly nearly three months or so. This is sometimes my experience too and I'm, I'm very much very, very frustrated about it. And... Um, then I have to tell myself, it's okay, Christina, you do not go to the meeting to get <laughs> something. You have to share your experience, strength and hope. And then I, I listen, of course, and then I think I, I am not better than the others. Do you know this? <laughs> this is my question. Thanks. What's the question, Christina? Do you know these thoughts of being better than the others because you are longer sober and that you are disappointed, blah, blah, blah? Yes. Yes, of course. 
I don't know if it's of course for everybody, but yes, I, I identify a lot. Um, my disease is always there. And my disease is my ego that wants to be better or worse or separate myself from others, look down on others or look up at others. Um, or it's so hard to be really truthful, yeah. to not to, to be really sincere and to really sincerely say something to someone. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't know how it comes, but I, I realize also more and more that I'm really just one of them and we really have just one day of a time. And if somebody relapses, like my morning chicken partner relapsed last week, uh, it could be me. It could really be me. Not today, probably. But uh, if I if I neglect my program, my program has, has ups and downs. Yeah? And then when there is a down, then I see that I'm getting out of culture and then I have to, to readjust it again. So it can happen to me also. So yeah, I identify. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Christina and Luke. And we have time for just uh, maybe one more quick uh, share a question, and that would be Margot. Thanks, Daniel. And Luke, thank you so much. I just was very moved by your story, and I always appreciate your honesty and sincerity very much. Um, my question is, I do two-way prayer also, and but it's hard. For, I don't have that kind of loving, easy relationship. I get directions. <laughs> um, I definitely feel God working in my life, but th it's not the affection. And there's, I can see reasons for that from my childhood, but also I just think I'm more of a, uh, I think God needs to work on my heart some more. So I just wondered, did you, how did you come to see your higher power as loving you or loving? Yeah, loving you. Thank you, Marco. I wouldn't say, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm not there yet. Probably I'm faking, how do you say it? I'm faking it till I make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a visual person. I'm, I'm a drawer. I, I can draw well. So I, I see things in images. I like to draw. Um, so maybe it's just a way that works with me. Uh, it's also a childish way or a child, not childish, it's a childlike way, like a playful way. I must say, I haven't learned it in my childhood either. Um, maybe I'm using one of my character defects. One of my character defects is not taking things, I'm very serious, but at the same time, not taking things serious at all. And uh, so I, I don't know, there's something there that, that, that helps me to communicate with him like that. And, and it does help me because through that, through those hearts and, and, and mellow exchange, there is guidance also, and there is things that I fluorize afterwards, yeah, and that when I read it again, that I think oh, that that really is is helping me. That being said, I'll, I'll wrap up with that. 
it's a very long way. Uh, it's it's probably a life journey, um, and I hope I I I I hope I might ever get there. So, thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.